It's crazy because that's exactly how I see myself. I am self-made. Yeah, you hear the you hear the music? <laughs> I'm dancing to the entry. <laughs> I just came up. The entry music. It, it was the perfect timing. It's like you knew exactly when to come on. Do you remember? Do you remember? Oh, man. Do you remember seeing that movie for the first time? Do you remember when you watched it? I've actually seen them like probably everyone, probably maybe ten times over and over. It's one of those movies that just they they don't get old. They don't get old. They. they Every time they they kind of like they just tug at your heartstrings to where you you can't help but to be for this guy. And what's movies. amazing is people forget he lost. He lost in the first one. That's what made the movie so yes. fucking great. He lost. But that's that's a great thing about what we do, though. People don't understand. It, it's not all the time. It's not necessarily about who wins and who who loses. It's about what you gain from that fight. And what Rocky gained from those fights was being able to, when no one gave him a chance, being able to show that everyday person, a, a man that's just, that's grinding and looking for his shot at any given moment could rise to the occasion and fight like that. You know, because even when you lose in, in defeat, you, you gain a lot of respect and you gain a lot of admiration. Are you Especially like the last guy, I just, I just. Fought. Are you? But, but I was, I was, I was uh, watching some video of you and reading some stuff. And are you happy you lost that fight? My second yeah. fight, I, I, I. When you, I wouldn't say I was. Happy, I wouldn't say I was happy. But in the sense yeah. of, I'll give you an example. And and sorry, let me start over. I'm Brett Barish. Tomorrow, I own, I own a whole bunch of liquor and wine brands: Ace of Spades, Doucet, Bel Air, Bamboo, McQueen. Um, I do a series called Self-Made where I get to talk to the coolest people who have their own story to tell, whether it's uh, Nipsey or Rick Ross or DJ Khaled or Deontay Wilder or just Bow Wow, just different, different people in different genres. But what they all have in common is a struggle, is they had to do it themselves. So I, I guess the first question I'll ask is, what does self-made mean to you? Man, that's a, it's an excellent question. For me, self-made is, uh, it's crazy because that, that's exactly how I see myself is that um, I am self-made. I remember, and, and, and the story that kind of lets me know that is when I was growing up in, in high school, I always played football and I always played basketball. And, and when I went to high school, my freshman year, the assistant our assistant football coach was also the assistant wrestling coach. I had no idea what wrestling was except WWE, what I saw on television. And so one day they were just like, why don't you come in and try wrestling? Cause I was about 103 pounds, five foot two inches tall. And, and I'm like, nah, coach, I don't want to get hit with chairs. Nah, I want to do that. And, uh, he was like, nah, why don't you come on in and, and, and try it? And, and he laughed at me. I was like, nah, you know, so I played football. I kept playing football and I wasn't that great in, in middle school. I was pretty good in football because I had the speed and I can get around guys. But in high school, I was, this is Texas football. Everybody yeah. is humongous. Yeah. I'm five foot two, 103 pounds soaking wet. And I wasn't able to get away with a lot of things anymore. And so we would go, we'd play the football game and we would lose the football game. And in the locker room, 
you would hear all this. You would hear the 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 uh, quarterback. Man, if the wide receiver had caught the ball, we'd have won. And then you would hear the wide receiver. If the running back hadn't fumbled the ball, we'd have won. And then you would hear, you know, the 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 court uh, the quarterback or the running back. Man, if my line would block for me, we we would have scored. We would have won. And it was just everybody put the blame on everybody else. Everybody was doing that. So by the time I decided to go try wrestling, it was just me. So when I lost, I couldn't I couldn't understand that there was a disconnect. And the culture usually was to blame somebody else for, for losing. When I lost, it was just me. Oh, well, I didn't do this well enough. I didn't train hard enough. Or oh, I didn't know this enough. That's why I lost. From that moment, I, it, it clicked in my head. I, I flipped the switch to where it was, if I didn't put in the work. It's your fault. I wasn't, it's my fault. I wasn't successful. Yeah. And so I've been out of the house since 17 when my parents sent me off to college. And I've just been on this journey by myself of, of, of you know, chasing, uh, chasing perfection in each and every avenue that I was in. And, you know, and it's all led me from one school to the next college, which my career took off to training at the Olympic Training Center for a couple of years, and then all of a sudden making the transition to mixed martial arts. And eight years later, I'm sitting here as the world champion. So b before all that, what did you want to do when you were young? What did you want to be? I always said when I was younger, I always said I wanted to be a an engineer. Any, and any reason? The, and yes. Um, when I was, I, I would like to say probably about 10, somewhere around there. Um, our TV, and we had the, the big TVs back in the day, the big box ones, and just all of a sudden it went out. I don't know how or what happened, but it, it went out. Well, you would turn it back on, and there was you could still hear the sound. You heard that it was on a channel, but it was just out. We couldn't see any picture, nothing. So no one could figure out what had happened to the TV. And so one day I got home early. I walked home from school. I got home. And I just went in the garage, got my dad's pliers and, and things like that. And I just took the screws out, took the back out of, off the TV. I had no idea what I was doing. Took the back out. And I saw that there was a bulb in there. I took the bulb out. And I saw, I'm like, oh, man, I've seen these at, at uh, Walgreens. And we had a Walgreens literally down the street. Walked there, got a bulb, came back, replaced it put everything back together, turning TV on, it was working. You like that idea of taking everything and, apart, putting it back together. Yes. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to be an engineer. And that's when I started stu uh, like trying to find out what type of engineer. And I realized there was a petroleum engineer. There's an engineer that does this and that. I'm like, I want to be a civil engineer. Yeah. So I said that all when I was a kid until, you know, obviously I got into school, got into sports and things kind of changed for me. Um, when did, when was it that, that, that mixed martial arts, UFC, when did that click in for you? Who, did someone put a bug in your ear? Yeah, that, that didn't, um, I was first introduced to the sport in college. I was first in college. So while I was, uh, at the University of Nebraska at Kearney, uh, my teammate had a twin brother, one of my teammates, and he he would fight over the summers. It was the craziest the craziest thing I ever seen. And he would go fight, and uh, I'm like, why, 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 why are you fighting? Why do you do this? And then I, I saw that the sport was growing and growing, 
And of course, NCAA rules, he can get paid for those fights. So he was essentially fighting for free, professional fights. And his twin brother was also a fighter. And we were in college when I saw his twin brother get uh, signed to the UFC. And I'm like, oh, man, that's, that's incredible. But deep down inside, I was still kind of afraid of being punched to the face. Because as a wrestler, yes, we're very close. It's a different type of combat, but I don't get punched to the knee and elbow or kick to the head. So I'm like, uh, I'll wait on that. But then it was when I was training at the Olympic Training Center a few years later. It was the first time I, I met uh, Sugar Rashad Evans, mm-hmm. uh, who was the uh, – he was number one, a former light heavyweight champion at the time, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, star in the game at that point. And the first and only time I've been starstruck. And I, I've met a lot of celebrities. And I just – he walked in. I was star – oh, that, that's Rashad Evans. Oh, shit. That's him. And from that moment on, we trained that day together. And – I just couldn't believe how down to earth he is because everyone just, they see these perceptions of, of us fighters. They see us how fierce and and how just savage we are inside that cage. But they think that that perception is the reality. Yeah. But then when you get around this man and you realize, Oh my God, he's a normal person. Not just is he a normal person. He's a nice guy. He would give me the shirt off his back. And I just couldn't believe that. And then he, from that moment, he kind of started, it was like big brother, little brother type of situation. Boom, right away we clicked. And then, of course, big brother's always going to poke fun at the little brother and make fun of me. You know you want to come do this. Why don't you switch over and do MMA, do this sport? How were you then? I was about, I want to say 25, 25. Is that, in, in this sport today, is that considered late to start? It has, I mean, it's getting later, right, in the sense because the sport's getting so big? Yes, but in a sense, if, um, first, first and foremost, it's a, it's a learning curve. Everybody learns differently and, and at different speeds. But I came in with the best platform that you could ever have, which was wrestling. You know, I, I was highly trained in the art of just learning how to manipulate someone else's body. So if I, you know, I can control, if you think of a fight, Think of every street fight that you've ever watched. There's three positions that you could end up in a street fight. There's both guys standing up, swinging at each other. One guy on top of the other beating the other one up. Or the other guy on top beating the other one up. So two-thirds of a fight takes place on the ground. And I was already a master at controlling where that fight takes place. That was one of my questions as an outsider is if you were to start all over, would you still want wrestling to be your, your foundation? Absolutely. Absolutely. What would be number two? Because, what would be number two? Uh, number two, I would say uh, nowadays jujitsu. Yeah. Because wrestling, I control. I have the ability to control where the fight takes place. Yeah. Now with jujitsu, I have the ability to end that right away and the fight diffuse the situation right away because now i know how to submit you i know how to choke you i know how to put you in holds to where you just can't move you have to give up and so those two would be the best that i would say as far as manipulating any situation you get into a street fight this guy's a big 250 pound man and you're 140 150 pound boom you take him down you know you have the ability to do that you take him down put in a choke, you've disabled him completely. 
Amazing. So I, 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 wanted, I wanted to ask, in my business, why I think I'm good at what I do is I make mistakes and I learn from what I'm doing. I learn all the time. I try a bunch of different stuff. So yes. do you have the ability to do that? <laughs> it, it, it's tough because yeah you can but that's that's what we that's what practice is yeah. for that's what training is for because um you can't you we get one that's the craziest thing about what we do we get one shot yeah that one night we get that one night to put on the performance for for the fans and for the millions watching around the world and if you make a mistake that night it not only could it cost you a lot of money, but it could also cost you your life, your health. And so it is, it is a dangerous game that we do, extremely dangerous. But at the same time, it's having the courage to step in there and test yourself. I thought it was interesting. I think you were speaking to, to uh, Rogan and, and you were saying, I think it was the fight you lost about, I needed money. I need to get paid. So part of me was thinking, Jesus, Maybe you're you're actually probably getting in the ring before you want to be getting in the ring because you need to Absolutely. pay for yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's um that fight was and I remember it was um I had fought my first professional fight and it was about seven or eight months after that had gone by. Cause I, I thought my whole trend of thought was you get a fight, you get a fight, you just you just you're just rolling. So Money keeps coming in as you're fighting, and and, and these are small fights. You're making two thousand dollars a fight, you know. And uh, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm fighting every other month. I'm gonna be fighting. No, not the case. Now seven months had gone by, I hadn't fought anyone, and I'm just, I'm starving. Yeah. Two grand, two grand before you pay your managers and your coaches and all of that, which is not much at all, turns into maybe almost one grand sure. really fast, and so. After eight months, I was just, I, I just need to fight anybody. Sign me up. It doesn't matter who, sign me up. It doesn't matter where. And I didn't do, I, I didn't do my homework enough. And I wasn't skilled in every aspect of the game yet to be able to go out there with anybody. And so that, that was a dangerous time because, you know, it taught me a very, very uh, important lesson because if you're not prepared, you know, it'll come back and bite you in the butt, which it goes to, to attest to one of the biggest, if not my most important quote that I live by today is if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And, you know, taking that short notice fight, I think the fight, I believe on two weeks notice, taking a short notice fight like that, not knowing much about the opponent, I, I failed to plan accordingly. And, uh, you know, it was just a recipe for disaster. But I, I'm assuming that, again, that's where that loss helps you gain the next level. Do you, in some ways, do you, do, it's hard to say now. I, I remember asking Deontay, the guy's undefeated. This was before uh, the draw with uh, Tyson. But carrying that undefeated around you, that's a tough thing. Not only do you have to defend it, or defend, but it's, it's the zero you're defending. Absolutely. It's, um, but a, a lot of people let it become them because the world starts, the, the world now identifies you as that. Yeah. They, they say, oh, man, it's an undefeated heavyweight champion of the world. Undefeated. Yeah. They, they start putting that in front of you. They, they, it's not all Deontay Wilder, the boxer, heavyweight champion of the world. It's 
undefeated Correct. heavyweight Correct. champion of the world. So they already put that pressure on you. And after a while, certain guys that aren't mentally trained to be able to deal with I mean, they, they say they can deal with it in a certain way. But if you don't understand what's going on, then you don't understand that they, they're putting this added pressure on you. Instead of you to go out there, then you fall into the cycle to where now you're going out to try to defend this undefeated title as opposed to just going out there and, and doing your thing and being uh, one of the best uh, boxers in the world. Do you remember the first time you got hit? In the first time you got clocked. In a fight? In, in a, see, there's a difference between practice yeah. than actually being in, a, in an actual fight. Well, right, so, keep them separate. You said you never punched, you never got into it. Do you remember the first time, even in a practice, you just got clocked? Like, shit, can I do this? Yeah, well, I remember the first time I really got hit when I was a kid in middle, in uh, middle school. <laughs> I got beat up by this kid named Jacob, <laughs> who I, I thought I could I could fight off, but no. I, he caught me with a nice two-piece real quick. Fight got broke up, but I walked home knowing I just ate a nice, <laughs> a smooth two-piece. Uh, but then fast forward to years later when I decided to eventually get into the sport, practicing – it's different because when you're practicing, you know that these are my these are my practice partners. These are my teammates and training partners, essentially. So they're not trying to kill me, even though you're they give you that feel that you're going to need. But it wasn't until I stepped into the cage for the first time and I went straight professional. I didn't have any amateur fights. So the first time I was hit was it was a shot. It was like, wow. And not, not only the first time I was hit, the first time I actually hit someone yeah. with the intention of hurting them was like, oh, wow, that, that felt different. That didn't feel anything like practice. That felt different. But then, you know, once the, the, they're still coming, then you start to kind of get into this cycle to where, hey, it's kill or be killed. I have to take care of business or this guy's coming to get me. When you, when you won the title and that's the goal, what was the feeling? You got all, you were emotional, you're crying. What, 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 what's that feeling like? Cause that's the goal, right? That was your goal. Yeah, it, it was a goal, but uh, it, it's, 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 a, it's a weird, it's a weird situation. And, I, and I've always kind of been in this situation ever since I, I made the mental switch and, and started living by the set of rules that I was living by. And, and I kind of had this first feeling in, in college because I was wrestling and I was like, oh man, I need to be, uh, in high school, I was like, oh, I wanna be a state champion. And so I started putting in the effort. I started a little bit late, but I started putting in effort to try to be that. And unfortunately I wasn't able to achieve it. I ended up placing third. So then it just burned a hole in me like, okay, what's next? You need to go to college and you need to be a national champion. And then I get to college and, and, and of course, along the way you get people that, ah, oh, you can't do it, you started late. Uh, you're not gonna be able to do it. You're not that good. So it was just fuel to the fire for me internally, fuel to the fire, to where in college now, I set out to become a national champion, and I worked and I worked and worked and worked tirelessly to try to achieve that. And then I remember the night where it finally happened, finally achieved it. This was, I mean, this was the year before I was in the finals. And ended up getting second, lost to a guy that I had beat three times already. 
that was heartbreaking. I'm like, maybe it's not meant to be, but then it, the fire just burned harder and harder. I'm like, okay, I'm going to achieve this. The following year, I finally achieve it. Remember, I'm sitting in the hotel, me, me and um, me and my girlfriend at the time, my college sweetheart, we were sitting at the hotel bar. And I just remember this feeling that I got. I was drinking a, a rum and Coke. I don't know, but I was drinking. I was drinking rum and coke, but um, I'm sitting there. Oh, and of I, course. I, I yeah, I think it was. I think it was. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, and I get this feeling, and I'm like, "What's next?" And and it was literally maybe a couple hours after I won the tournament. I'm like, "What's next?" All right, Olympic gold medal. Let's go chase that. And then I start chasing that. And then, uh, unfortunately, I didn't achieve it. But then I pivoted into MMA. And this was always the goal. And then I remember the night I win the bell. And literally, maybe an hour after that, I'm in the back locker room showering. And while I'm showering by myself, I'm thinking, what's next? Yeah. So what is it? What's next? What's what is next? Uh, what's next is this next fight <laughs> to go out there and defend the title. So you, you want, you already defended once. How do you stay motivated? Yeah. Like, is there more pressure now to, is it even more pressure now? Yeah, because, um, you, you're at the top of the mountain. Yeah. So every time now people are looking for you to be dethroned, for you to be beat. That's all it is. It's very rare for people to, you know, like, oh, man, I want to see him win the title because I already have the title. So people, oh, I want to see how he does. I want to see how he does with this new guy, this new opponent. And so everyone, in a sense, everyone's kind of rooting to uh, watch him to see you lose. You know, but for me, it's um, it's just the will to compete. It's not necessarily I'm going out. I don't, I don't think of it as I'm going out there to defend it's I'm going out there to compete against this other man to prove that I'm the best man, that I'm better than him, that I am the best on the planet. That's all it is for me. It's that will of competition. It's still burning very, very deeply inside me. And the day that it, it starts to diminish might probably be the day that I walk away from the sport. So what would that have to feel like? I, <laughs> I can tell you. And I hope I don't have to find out here in the next few years, but uh, it would, um, I think it would be something that you just know, because as a competitor, we know, we know when we have that extra edge, we know when we have that extra, that feeling, that umph to where we're willing to say, I'm, I'm ready to die in here. We know when we have that. So when, when, and, with Connor saying he's retiring, is that, it's gotta be disappointing, doesn't it? Because if you, if the no. whole, not for you, where don't you want to, like, if you want, if someone else is considered fan, the best and you want, I want to, I want to kill him. You don't, you don't, it's not a, a depressing thing. If, if, if George St. Yeah, Pierre was the best, don't you want to? Yeah, now see that, that's a good one. That's a good, that's a better person to you. See, the, the issue is uh, George St. Pierre left as the best. Yeah. So that that's tough for a lot of people to deal with because he left as the best. And a lot of people, the people that come after want to be the guy to dethrone because it's hard to call yourself the best if you never dethrone who was the best at the time. And so a lot of people wanted to, oh, man, I want to beat George St. Pierre. I want to fight George St. Pierre. So we never really got that shot at him. But with someone like, 
like Connor, and especially in this day and age that we are in in the sport, is these guys are all we're price fighters. We are price fighters, but a lot of people they forget the fact of what we why we got into this in the first place, which was competition, which is to be the best on the planet. So that kind of gets blurred when you're dealing with as much money as we're making now as we're 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 getting for fights. So it's uh you know, it makes it difficult to still be about being the best when so, there's a lot of money at so, stake. So I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it feels like, look, I could crush Connor. It's not worth it because I'm in it for the competition. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I would love to because the thing with Connor is Connor's got such a, a name to where there, there's a certain level that you yep. get to, to where people and I, and I see this a lot with comedians there's a certain level that you get to, to where you might not even be, you, your joke might not even be funny. But you get the laugh. But because, but you get You're the right. laugh right. because of who you You're are right. as a comedian. And Connor has gotten to that level to where he's not the best. Yep. But he gets that nod, oh, it's Connor McGregor. Yep. He's a dangerous fighter. He's one of the best guys. But you're not the best. And so, of course, in that, with that being said, of course, I would love to compete against him to, to really show how much of a deficit they are between myself and him and himself. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, if it, and that's the thing too, is, you know, the business aspect of it is very important because we all, of course, we got to get paid for what we do. You got to get paid. Yeah. We got to get paid for what we do. But um, yeah, I mean, I, w I would love to compete against him, but I'm not would you that. If he wants to retire, he's. Would you ever do boxing? Straight up boxing? Absolutely. Absolutely. What would make you do that? The right amount. <laughs> would you want to fight? The right amount of money. Who would you want to fight? Oh man, there's a, there's a ton of guys that I would want to fight. I think um, I think someone that I would love to fight. I always and I and I, I always loved their father and the way that he fought was uh, Julio Cesar Chavez. I loved the way that he fought because he was a dog in there when he went in and and he was just he was coming after you. It was it was your heart versus his heart, and um. I would love to fight uh, his son, his son, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. And uh, his son is a good boxer, very, very skilled, very talented boxer. And I think that would be a, an incredible fight. And, you know, we'll see what, what happens. All right. It could happen. So, so I know you got to go. You're training. You're in Florida, right? Yes. When do you right, go, when, so real quick, when do you go to Dubai? I have no idea. That's what we're, we're, I mean, it's a crazy time that we live in right now. And a lot of the places, the borders are still closed. So, you know, these are logistic things that the company's got to figure out and how they were going to, they're going to get us over there to the island and, and back. All right. So here, one word, I'm going to give you some names. One, just give me one word that comes to mind. Good, bad, ugly. Okay. Gilbert Burns. Hungry. Uh, Masvidal. Hype. Leon Edwards. Improved. Stephen Thompson. Karate Kid. Damian Maya. Strangler. Michael, is it Chessy? Chessa? Michael Chiesa. Chiesa. Tough. Rafael Dos Anos. Gritty. Nate Diaz. Bummed. <laughs> Jeff. Jeff Neal. Savage. Robbie Lawler. 
Original Savage. Conor McGregor. Chicken. I love it. I love it. Why? I have to ask you this from my own perspective. When I watch you, or when I watch boxing, it could even be a uh, a highlight. I get nervous for the person I'm rooting for. In no other sport do you do I get nervous when I want someone to win. Why is that? Um, you have to realize what we do is uh, this is pure. This is innate. This this is one of those. If you really think about it, these are one of those things that humans naturally do. Like basketball, humans don't naturally play basketball. Of course, you, you might pick it up and try to figure out what it is. Oh, how do I play this? You know, you're taught those. But, if, but love, like reproduction, reproducing kids, like these are things we naturally mm. do. And fighting is one of those things we naturally do. You, 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 you get aggressive towards another man. You have a disagreement. You just don't know how. You just get angry enough with testosterone. You start fighting. That's one thing we naturally do. So it's something that resonates with anybody, any place, any time, any culture, all across the world. And so it's one of those things that it doesn't matter where you're from, what you speak, what you understand. Everybody speaks the language of fighting. Before you get into the ring, what do you think, what's the, where do you get the motivation? Where does the, you know, for me, I want to kill the competition and I think about them and I think about what, what's going through your head. It's, um, I just, it's, it's a, it's a matter. It's just a, it's a collective, it's a collective thought process of, of trust that I've done the attic. I've got the adequate preparation trust in that trust in, in, in my coaches and also um, trust in my abilities. And so by the time before I cross in there, because there's, there's two different, you have to be able to flip the switch on and flip it off. We can't, I can't walk around the world being the savage that I am inside the cage. And so that flip is that switch is off. I've prepared, I trust in my preparation. And then once I cross that barrier inside that cage, I turn into the Nigerian nightmare. And at that point, that's when it's it's savage. I'm ready to die in there. And 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 you and anyone's ever seen my fights, they'll see it moments before I walk in. I kind of take a moment right there before I cross that barrier. I pray for myself, my my uh, for my safety, and as well as my opponent's safety. And then I cross that barrier, and they see the change when I walk in there. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I, I thoroughly enjoy talking to you. Um, I want you to kick ass on July 11th. Uh, I'm, I'm in your corner. Uh, we got to get Bel Air, one of my brands to be one of your sponsors. Uh, take us on. We've got to do it. Take us on. We've got to do it. Man. Um, you are the epitome of self-made. You're the epitome. There, there's no one else you can describe who's it's all you. It's freaking all you. It's awesome. Cheers. All the best. We only celebrate with Bel Air when we win. That's what all the champions do. So you're going to do it too. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Good luck. Absolutely. Stay healthy. Stay healthy.